There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1038. Happy everything. Whatever you celebrated, happy that. Or if you didn't celebrate anything, I hope you've had a great week. Um, we are, it's, has anyone else had the experience where you just, you keep thinking it's the end of the year and forgetting it's the end of the fucking decade? That's weird, right? It's the end of the decade? Going into a new decade? Um, speaking of new decade things, I am announcing the uh, Wizard Guitar Tour, which is the name of my tour for next year. I think I'm doing like 19 cities just between January and July and then more in the fall and winter of next year. But uh, if you go to ID10T.com slash tour, we are posting those now. But it's like uh, Columbus, Ohio and San Francisco and Sacramento and... Um, oh my God, Minneapolis and Boston and Philly. And so there's a bunch of dates being added. So go, 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 go on to identity.com slash tour to check out the dates and get tickets for that. And I hope to see you out there. And yes, of course, I'm going to bring the wizard guitar, which is my guitar, which has a big wizard and a dragon painted on it. Um, so uh, I will see you hopefully around that time, whenever that is in your city. Let's talk about the corkboard events at identity.com. Chad writes, my name is Chad Waller, and I've got a melodic death metal project called I Nonum. Melodic death metal. Is that a thing? I love that that's a thing. Um, I've just released my first album, Follow the Witch, which can also be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and all the other stores. It's free to download. What's cool about this album is that everything aside from my voice is done with virtual instruments. I'm actually musically illiterate. Can't play anything. Can't read sheet music either. But we live in a time where that doesn't really matter because computers are giant brain things and YouTube can teach us how to do basically anything. Chad Waller, I love you because that is brilliant. It, I love the idea that like, you're not even going to let not being able to play an instrument stop you from making music. And you're absolutely right. There's no excuse anymore with computers that we can actually just make the things that we want. So I have mad respect for that. And I salute you. And I appreciate that. And uh, people should go download your melodic death metal album. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for being a shiny example of what uh, just going out and making a thing can look like. This episode is Chris Sullivan and Michael Rosenbaum. Two dear friends of mine. Sully was on way earlier in the year. He, of course, is on This Is Us on NBC. He was Taserface in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's an incredibly talented uh, performer, musician. And then Michael Rosenbaum, who was also on the podcast a while back, he also has a great podcast called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, which I've been on. And uh, Rosie, Rosie and Sully. Rosenbaum is also an incredibly talented musician. And they together 
have a fantastic podcast called In Love that Lydia and I did together. It's a podcast about relationships and mental health. And um, so that is also available uh, wherever you get your podcast. But I adore these fellas a lot. Uh, we talk, you know, we talk a lot about dudes and feelings this episode and mental health, but it's such, it's just a good, fun, there's like, there's depth to it, but there's also a lot of fuck aroundery on this uh, episode, which is number 1038 with uh, uh, Chris Sullivan and Michael Rosenbaum as we roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. So these the the Broadway musical that uh, just won Best New Musical yes. called Hades Town. Yes, uh, I did the original production of it right before I left to go do This Is Us. And oh we, my and, gosh! And we use these microphones in our production. Oh yeah, these microphones are fantastic. They're really great. Yeah, Trump, your Trumpet Labs. Oh, I wasn't even ready for that. Were you taking pictures? I'm at- not going to post it. That's just for us. <laughs> I mean, I will. <laughs> No, I just, never it's just a review at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, here's what let's I'm take doing. a look I just, back. Always out from. I just like. Let's take a look like back. <laughs> What's that from? What is? I don't know what that's from. I just like. Why'd you kill Cyrus? I just like doing stuff like that. What is that? The Warriors. David. Patrick oh my Hill. God. Oh my God, that's a deep pull. I'm close to getting Walter Hill. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about uh, Beverly Hills Cop? Oh, you won't tell me at all, man. There's a really interesting looking book that I want to get about um, basically like 80s comedies, like the comedies of the 80s and a lot of how like a lot of SNL people like folded into becoming film stars. And I think it heavily focuses on Eddie Murphy and how, you know, he wasn't, it was originally Sylvester Stallone that was supposed to do Beverly Hills Cop. Is that and, true? Yeah. I didn't know that. And then so Eddie Murphy came in, and and, and, and Stallone's character was a little, like his Axel Foley was slicker, and Eddie Murphy came in, and he's like, no, he's a guy from Detroit, he's got to have a shitty car, he's got to have this, like, picked out the wardrobe and everything, and it sort of, it, it, in the piece that I saw about the book, it talks about how, he, he was already a big star by that point, but that made him like... Right. Like Could that you imagine Stallone? Massive. Don't you want to kind of see that version? Don't you see like... You're not gonna fall for no banana. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) I I don't know, but it could be fun though. (laughs) Yeah, I can't see him doing all the characters that Eddie Murphy did because that was, you know, you can imagine if. How happy were you that that Stallone got brought up so soon in this podcast? Oh, you know, I love it. You should interview him. It worked. It worked. I love it. Really well for this. It worked really well. It's the best Stallone. It's it's the best. (laughs) It's the best non-licensed Stallone. A lot of other people do them way better than me. No, that was a good one, Not that I've heard. Really? That was a a good one, though. Not that I've heard. But but, Katie? That's right. What's interesting (laughs) is that you... you know, you take these guys who have this sketch comedy backgrounds, and then what do you do with them? And you see... Their sketch comedy, like you, with Chevy Chase and Fletch, he's doing all the characters. Eddie Murphy's doing all the characters with Murray and Aykroyd and all those guys. They're doing all these crazy characters, and so 
I just I really miss the days of those yeah. big event action comedies. Comedies. Yeah. Well, the yeah. last one was uh, what you call it, Nutty Professor sort of feel, right? Well, that and that was in the '90s. Was that '90s? Bridesmaids. Actually, um, Spy. Saying, you know, like Paul uh, Feig made Spy with Melissa McCarthy, and that was mm-hmm. yeah. that was in that vein of like big budget action comedy, and yeah. it was great. So, but there's just, I think. You know, streaming Netflix, it just kills a lot of that because people are like, oh, I, you know, I don't really, I can just watch this at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. they'll go to movies for like Marvel, but will they go see a right. comedy in a theater? And I think it really has to be some crazy event for them. But again, you can make the argument that like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is a essentially an action comedy right. in a way. Well, they've all the the, the entire Mar- Marvel universe. We were talking about this this he last says week. Taserface, yeah, yeah Taserface <laughs> has this has this sense of humor that holds it all together. Like like it seems like all like Iron Man started it with yeah. that kind of wry wit, and now they all kind of share that sense of well. They all what I think was brilliant that humor. they all did that they were all able to do is you know, and I I'm just assuming this was a Kevin Feige thing that. Every film basically has the identity of its director, and the director kind of infuses their voice, but still keeps the universe consistent. So you have each one of these really specific yet connected pieces of art, right. which is how you know you know Black Panther has Ryan Coogler's uh, uh, voice to it, and uh, but Ragnarok has Taika's voice mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. Somehow they still connect together. Somehow those connect to Avengers, which still connects to Guardians. Like it's it's the the sort of the 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 connection of all of those. I never thought about. It. Have you, I never really. Thought but they about all have their right. own specific point they're of all, view. Yes. They're not all the same movie right. with the same with just different characters. Right. They all have different voices that still somehow work in symphony together. So it's which is which is odd for for somebody for for a studio that's that's putting that much money up to also give each of its directors that much of a voice and is. yet it feels like it's risky to not do that because right. when things get homogenized right you get then they're just not interesting you know it's like the more specific it's sort of it's sort of like when you know what you want like when you hire an actor because you know exactly what they're going to do i think that's probably what like feige and these guys do is like he's got such a voice and a vision yeah and it's his own unique thing he wants to, like james wants to be involved with the music and he wants to be involved i think that is what attracts them so like he's we like this vision. Yeah. And we like this world. He knows what he wants. I think yeah. that's the most important with anything, mm. right? Yeah. And all comics aren't the same. Like, each comic series has its own point of view right. based on the writer and the artist. And mm-hmm. so it's, you know, like the, it's, it's kind of taking that philosophy and, you know, <laughs> sinking 250 to $500 million into it. <laughs> My only problem is this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jeez. All right. Here, you disagree gentlemen. with me. You? I don't know. At Michael Rosenbaum. I think movies, a lot of them are just too long these days. It's driving me up a fucking wall. Can I say F on this show? I, yeah. <laughs> I will say I will say this. Too I will, much. I will say this. If I see a horror movie that is like two hours and two minutes, I'm like, too long for horror. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, one of the biggest hits horror ever had, was 90 minutes. Was it a hit with credits? 82 was it, to 94 minutes is a good was it? Was it a hit when it came out? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a bona fide hit. That's why they made, you know... Two, three, four, you know. Sure. But why why does a movie need to be like three hours long? Even if it's not horror. I'm talking any genre. Unless it's like a uh, Avengers, I feel like it was warranted because they had they had an entire <laughs> So many characters. So to many cover. movies to tie yeah. up, so much story to tie yeah. up. But then you know, I really feel like JFK was the movie that started saying to people <laughs> like, it, sit push. the fuck down. <laughs> 
You're in it, guys. <laughs> Do you remember the VHS, the big fat VHS? It was like, it was a change tape. Yeah, who had a change VHS tape? Was it a three tape set? It was that in Gettysburg. Oh, my <laughs> it's like, God. I'm not watching two tapes. But other than that, I think there are a lot of movies where they are long. And I'm sure it's difficult because I'm sure the directors are like, well, this is what I need to tell this story. Sometimes as an audience member, though, for non Avengers movies, I will say to myself, like, this could have been 20 minutes shorter. You know? 20, oh 20 my or God. 30 minutes shorter. Well, how shorter? about get to the freaking point? Right. Just, I mean, if you get to the point right away in the first 15, 20 minutes, which you're supposed to do, the inciting incident, I mean, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's go. Are, Are we, we talking about Robert the hero's story structure class? Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm just, I just, when I watch a movie, my attention span's short. Yeah. But after about an hour and 20, 30, I'm going, okay, this should be the last 20 minutes of this. Right. And when I look at my watch, I don't wear one. But when I, I say... When you pull out your phone... When I look it, at the phone next to me of the person who's on that, Facebook yep. or texting and not watching the movie... And it's, you get an hour and 15 left. Uh-huh. It's just... And by the way, studios should think about this, right? I could put more movies, more... Uh, here's how fucking... Here's, here's how much we've been spoiled with attention spans. There are films that Lydia and I will watch in our bed... That we'll get a, a, we'll we'll get exactly the point you're talking about. An hour, you know, hour and a half in, and we're like sixty five more minutes, and we'll go. Let's just finish this tomorrow, yeah. And then we'll watch a Rick and Morty. Like it's our attention yeah. spans have been obliterated mm-hmm. that we can't even in our own homes watch a three hour yeah. and five minute. Do you movie. think we've seen too many movies too? Like that yes. movie that you were watching? You're like we get it. Yes, we know how this we've is. We've seen gonna, too many we know. movies, and also it's the constant. We're almost burdened by choice. Like yeah. it, the idea that more choice is better, it makes sense to a point. But then at a certain, but beyond that point, we're flawed. Like you fucking open Netflix and it just feels like every, you feels like opening a closet of everything you've ever owned. You're like, I'm I over, don't know. I'm overwhelmed. I'm yeah. overwhelmed. It's like going to Jerry's Deli for lunch. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to order. I I, I'm just like, and I end up watching 40 trailers and going to sleep. At Jerry's Deli? That's weird. How do they, they allow that? Well, they're, they're changing the bowling. Sir, oh, sir we're closing. You have to wake up, sir. I just... <laughs> I should, we should tell people why you guys came on together. <laughs> I don't know. This is a great conversation. First of all, I love both of you. And second of all, Aww. you've both been on individually. But then you have started a podcast that Lydia and I came on and had such a good time on. Yeah. yeah. So just for a quick sec, at least just talk, just give the nickel pitch for your podcast and then we'll... Yeah, we'll yeah. So back. we had you guys on one of our best conversations to date. Mm-hmm. And uh, the podcast is called In Love mm-hmm. with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan. Yes, and you know, by the way, just a little bit of uh, uh, pre-stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, let's get down to the pre-stuff. I interviewed stuff. Sully on the on the podcast because we worked on Guardians. You had a bit. Michael has Michael has a, a podcast called Inside of You. Um, uh, so on this podcast, been on that, I've been on that. We're going to talk about podcasts. Ones. This is the podcast podcast about podcasts. I just I, I had um, you on the show. Yeah, you had me had me on the show, and we had a good conversation. I loved him. I just felt like. He's so, not. Well, he would start texting me like, "I'm grateful for this today." We I do this thing we, we, where we we text each other what we're grateful for. I'm grateful oh, for I love you. hearing I'm this. I'm grateful for, and I'm like, you know, that is so sweet. You're a sweet man. I need to start doing things like this. 
And it just, so I go, this guy is, I like to hang with people who are going to make me a better person. I just sure. want to be a better person. That's, I think that's the goal. With While that, in right? the process, dragging them down. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. To the world of yes. podcasting. Yes. And Infecting so, them with negativity so that. Yeah. Well, inside of you was like, inside of you, my girls was, it was therapeutic and I just was like getting inside. But this became like, let's do something. And you can talk more about this, but that's yeah. positive. That's what we're in love with. We're, you know, like his wife's coming on. My ex-girlfriend was on. We have couples like you mm-hmm. and Lydia on. On, and we just talk about all these different things and dynamics and how it works and how it doesn't work and what you know. It- We're bombarded constantly with sarcasm, negativity, cynicism. Even if even just on our phones. Yesterday, I found myself doing. You know, I got off social media a while ago, but I've just moved and I and I got on this app called Nextdoor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, your neighborhood app. Your neighborhood app. It's social media. Of course, it is, and it's. Horrifying, <laughs> horrifying the way. Never mind strangers on the internet. Like these are people neighbors. who live in your neighborhood, <laughs> and the way that they talk close, to each other, and 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 it just it's fear mongering and all these things. And so it's just one of the many ways that like all of these things are kind of they're insidious and they kind of find their ways in, into your Twitter feed or into your Instagram or into your whatever it is, whatever whatever you're watching. And so we decided to kind of subvert that for ourselves and you know once a week twice a week sit down with people and figure out how they do the same well but also because you are you've been married for a long time yeah and michael is in the is perpetually single perpetually single and also so you have these two perspectives you have these two complementary perspectives of you know you're in a relationship you've been in a long-term relationship you've been in love a long time and you're sort of navigating the you know yeah. How, like how do you find love? How do you retain? Like how do you? Yes. How do you make it work? Arrested you... development, some people. <laughs> kind of. yeah. But um, you know, but it was. So, but Liddy and I had so much fun coming on because I don't think we've ever really done anything like that before, where we talked about how we met and and also just like our day. Because Lydia is like the fucking best person I know, and uh, I'm I'm so endlessly in love with her, and it's so fun. I don't know. It was just really fun to, to hear come her perspective, on like when with her. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. Like we, the the people in our lives, Michael and I's lives, who are positive people, who are who have, who seem to have, who seem to be on some kind of positive path. There's always someone in their life who who they are connected with who helps them do that. Whether it's Lydia or you know we interviewed Chrissy Metz and it's her best friend and and so when that opportunity comes up. We also want to include that person uh, because that's a rare thing in this industry. Most people would be like, we want to interview Chris. It doesn't matter who he's, who he's married to. or, or the, the industry kind of wants to separate us from our, our, our private life. And it's just it's an important part. The machine is dehuman. The machine yes. is dehumanizing. Yeah. It's innately dehumanizing because at the end of the day, it's about clicks. It's about you know sound bites. Yeah. It's not really interested in – you know, like deep emotions or how people in, interact with yeah. one another. And, you know, Lydia is just one of those people who is a, a beam of sunshine. And she, what I love about her is that she and I have different senses of humor. And, but hers, she tolerates my endless stupid jokes. <laughs> and it's such a, she's such a great, like it, 
the way that she plays off it, it just it just makes me really happy. It was just fun. It was just fun to kind of come on and and we hadn't really even talked about a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What's kind of was cool is like if I have you on the podcast or I have you, it's like okay, is it hard having being married when you? So I'm hearing your perspective, but when she's on there and I watch the both of you, and I'm like, oh, sorry for hitting you, uh, Chris, or she <laughs> just threw an elbow. He just threw an elbow. But, you know, I say, you know, when when she's away or you're working or all these things are happening. How do you deal with it? Yeah. And, and looking at you, watching you two look at each other and kind of go, well, and kind of navigate, like, all right, you want to talk about this? Are you? And here, it's almost like you're hearing it for the first time in a way. Well, what's interesting is that I feel like there are a lot of couples that they'll get together or they're together and there's, there's something that might be a little bit of a hesitation about, you know, well, we're really in it for the long haul, you know, and... I think part of making a long-term relationship work is just, you just, you, you know, like, no matter what, we're in it. I'm in it, you know, we're in it, you know, like, sometimes they're going to be easy, sometimes they're going to be hard. Right. But, but it makes all those times safe. Never, you never have to worry that I'm not going to be here at the, at the end of the day. And that's how I feel with her, and that's how I hope... I'm able to make her feel too that there's you know like this is that this is it kind of a thing. Right. But sometimes it just I don't know it it it's so easy to get caught up in our own world. It's so easy to get caught up in our own oh, yeah. dumb garbage, our meaningless ego shit. You yep. can walk par- you can walk parallel lives. Yeah. You can you can be right next to each other and lonely. Right. You can be, you know, in the same room and miles apart like all of those things. Rachel and I've had the the same type of experiences and we've made like you have to make a conscious effort to that's, bring those two lives key. back together. It is, it is about making the efforts and I think when we're young we get these romantic cinematic ideas of relationships like, and then, you know, at the end of Pretty Woman, they drive off in the limo and he's saying tally-ho and she gets in the car. You know, cut to like three to six months later. Yeah. Not every day is going to be right. coming no. to right. someone in a limo. You know what I mean? It's like there's still day-to-day stuff and it's easy to get caught up in your own lives. It's easy to feel like, okay, this situ- you know, this relationship is just, just set on autopilot you have to make those conscious efforts to not be on autopilot. And you have to make conscious efforts to enge- to re-engage and together plan time to be a couple. Plan time to go away. Plan time to talk. Plan time to just fucking look each other in the eye at mm-hmm. the end of a day yeah. and have real moments. I mean, I am con- – it's – you know, and she's really good about like, all right, you know, we're hanging out. Like, put the laptop down. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I was fucking doing it, you yeah. know? And that's in love with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan on, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts and other Mondays. <laughs> yeah, so, have, so, have you learned anything? Oh, my God. That's the one thing is we call each other on bullshit. We're like, you know, I just – the whole purpose is to be honest and open and be like, you know, I'm kind of like lost and I'm, I'm finding myself. I told you this. and I don't know if you know, but I went to a wellness center for three weeks. Yeah. And it was like uh, just life changing. It really was. I felt like I grew up finally a little bit, anyway. Yeah. And um, I just I I felt safe for the first time. I went off to Connecticut and I stayed at this, and I just felt safe. And I was emotional, and I was finding myself. And these therapists really worked with me to sort of just because you do get caught up with your with your own shit, and you realize God, that's not the important shit. No, it's, not, it's it's part of you, and you need to make have a career, have a life. But the real part is connecting and like being charitable and giving and loving and all these things. And so it has forced me. Like it's there's no other way. Like I am real. Not that I'm not charitable, but it's 
I'm just opening myself up. I'm very vulnerable right now. I won't mm-hmm. cry, but okay. Uh, no, but <laughs> no, I, I just and we'll I, get you there. Hold on, we'll yeah. get you there. Give me a but second. But I think you know you always joke on on the show um, that we're going to get you married by the end of the show, or we're going to get. I mean, look, I'm I'm looking for love, obviously in, in all the wrong places, <laughs> but, but not not necessarily. I've had some great women in my life that have gotten away because I was too immature or I just wasn't ready or, you know, and now I'm just uh, allowing myself to just like hear Chris, hear you and Lydia talking. It gives me, uh, it encourages me to want to find somebody that really cares about me that will always be there that um, we, yeah, can we, just like me for me, which I, I, I'm having a tough time understanding <laughs> if that's possible. Well, that, I know that could be part of your problem because you have to like you for you. You know what I mean? That's what I'm doing, man. Yeah. Self-love. Real quick story. I will tell you, at one of the, uh, at the uh, wellness center, uh, one of the therapists said, um, what do you do in the morning? I go, oh, I wake up with anxiety. She goes, okay. <laughs> and what do you do? I go, well, I, what else do you do? I lie there. She goes, I want you to get the fuck up. I want you to get up and drink some water, go in the bathroom, take a piss. She didn't say it like all like so sure. vulgar. Yeah. And she goes, look in the mirror. There's nobody there. Just say I love you. I go, God, this is so cheesy. I, you know, she goes, no, I want you to do that. You, you're going to learn to love yourself. We're all flawed. We're all, we all have made mistakes. We've all done whatever. You have to learn to love yourself. And so I was like, okay. And then I would go and meditate. But like it was in the beginning, I, was, I would look in the mirror at like 7 in the morning and go, Love you, dude. Like I was too cool <laughs> even by myself. You're doing a bit. Like out of- I was too cool to be real with myself. It yeah. was like, and by the end, I started going, dude, it's okay. So finally, by week two, I was looking at myself, going, "You're a good, dude, man. <laughs> no, you're a good, dude. You're, you mean well. You you help people. You you're you're a loving guy. You deserve the best. You're. I love you. That's it. I love you, man." And then I would go to and I would meditate. And I have, today's fifty five days straight of meditating. That's just, incredible. I, I am working so hard to just be like a better human being. I think that again, that's what the show is. But like, it's you're right. Loving yourself is what I, what I think. You can't love anyone else unless you love yourself. The well, in, yeah. the industry that we that the three of us have have sunken ourselves into would like to would like us to continue to romanticize the industry itself, mm-hmm. the machine itself, like you were talking about. And it, and and in order to do that, there's a great amount of navel gazing. There's a great amount of like uh, uh, self promotion involved to. It is a necessary part of our business yeah. to advertise the things we are doing, to promote ourselves, to go on promotional tours, to do press. Yeah, all it's of these very things. me, 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 yeah. me. To, but because it, it, that's the stuff that you seem to have to do to be able to do more of right. the thing that you want to do. Right, and if you're not mindful about all of the things surrounding that, it'll just, it'll just run away with your life. Yeah, it will oh. run away with your life, and and you turn around one day and you realize that you you've you've gotten way off track and when well, i say you i mean me it's it's not <laughs> you it's not a surprise that you know especially when you meet i'm always fascinated by uh, kids who are child actors yeah. who turn out like super cool and okay yeah and it seems like in pretty much every case the ones who turn out great had a really great solid family yep. and a grounded personal life yep. and the ones that spin out of control have not that. Yeah. And so I'm not saying it's the answer to everything, but it's it's not surprising that when you see people who seem to kind of it's like, well, they have a con- they have a connection to something that's real mm-hmm. that's keeping them, you know, tethered from all this other 
garbage that's you know all the all the kind of alluring ego pursuits right. that can that can it all starts I think de- definitely without a doubt your developmental stages like you know uh, if if you're you don't have a parent who just says I love you yeah I'm proud of you mm-hmm. I care about you uh, if the, those simple things mm-hmm. are vital. And I, I don't remember hearing, uh, you know, certain things. Like, I just didn't. I didn't get certain things, and maybe they weren't cable. And I, and I forgive them. There's all that. But, you know, those things, if you don't have them, you search for them, and you, you try to get them through approval and self-esteem, things that lift your self-esteem up. Right. Things, and those things can be really scary. Those things are, like, equivalent. Approval and all that is equivalent to, like, uh, self-worth. I mean, the, ta- the taste well, of it. The ego, ego is basically a drug. Mm-hmm. Those ego yeah. shots are like drugs, and because it'll give you the rush of whatever acceptance or significance or whatever sort of thing, but then it vanishes really fast, right, right. and then it, and then it's like more, 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 more. Then more, you just more. want that hit, and then, but the sort of the lasting love and the lasting stuff, it's. I'm. I'm. I'm I don't want to say it doesn't feel. I don't. I don't want to say it this way. I don't want to say like it doesn't feel like anything, but it just doesn't feel like, oh God, I just can't get enough of you. Like it doesn't feel unhealthy. It just feels, to me, it feels peaceful and it feels mm-hmm. safe and it feels calm and it doesn't feel like doing anything. It just feels like we are being in love rather than, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, we got to do. Pretending. Yeah, I forcing, guess. Forcing yourself to like, yeah, almost like. You're looking on the outside in, like, look, we're bowling together. Look, look at this. We're Jerry's deli. There is. We're, Nothing says love. I'm mean, trying to figure out. We're going to watch trailers and then we're fall so asleep. happy. Look at us. By the way, I wonder if some of your anxieties affect you drinking these Red Bull energy drinks. Well, I mean, first of all, let me explain. Okay. Uh, this is three fourths full. I just took a couple of sips. Oh, got it. Just a little I shit. will not drink that whole thing. Um, yeah, I don't want. I, re- I remember when I first. <laughs> this podcast not brought to you. <laughs> yeah, not brought Bull. to you. Yeah, but it gives you wings and anxiety. Um, I I just can't like I can drink trace amounts of caffeine, but I remember, you know, my first panic attacks came in college. I didn't really know what they were. There wasn't really much of an internet at the time, and then I kind of realized what they were. Like someone told me what they were, and that helped a lot for a while. And then in like ninety nine two thousand, I started getting them like real bad, like having to pull the car over. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was like, well, that's odd. I seem to be getting this feeling every time I drink a coffee. I wonder if there's a connection. So I go on to, you know, web crawler or whatever, Alta Vista, whatever the search tool was at the time before we all use Google. And, uh, and I was like, anxiety, panic attacks and caffeine. And like mm. 20,000 pages come up like, oh my God, of course. Yes. When you fire adrenaline through your body, your heart's going to beat faster yeah. and you're yes. going to get panic attacks. Yeah. Why didn't I, you know. I remember my annual panic attacks. In the car. Lovingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, growing up, or not growing up, but in college, I would have like one a year. And I would just tell, I would tell my friends and I was like, I don't really cry, you know, except for like once a year. And then I cry all at once. Right. And it's, and it just feels good. Like it's <laughs> a microburst. And I'm like, you do that, right? That's how everybody handles. You just cry at once, all at once, just in one moment for like ninety minutes. You know how you punch a hole in the wall and then put your head in there and cry into it, and then you seal the wall back up. Yeah, yeah, you spackle around it. (laughs) 
Till the air runs out. I watch Yentl once every <laughs> September, and boy, do I good get it all. And it really good gives ball. me a panic attack. Wow, uh, but no, ball. yeah, we talked about we talked about that when I visited your yeah. podcast about about how I had we to, animated your repeat. Yeah, I went. I went. Uh, my the biggest the the one that like made me change the way I dealt with caffeine and anxiety and all these things sent me to the to the ER. Oh my so god! The ER. It was it was incredible. It was an incredible story. There was there was so many characters along like the doctor at the urgent care had this weird kind of up inflection <laughs> at the at the end of, think you might uns- have a panic attack Uncer- um, kind of he goes well it's not it wasn't a heart attack jim Gaffigan. but <laughs> but he goes but Maybe we should send you to the hospital. What do you think? What do I think? I, I, the I, fucking I, that was like, that. I was like, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, sure. And uh, I guess with my no medical training, it was what it, it ended up being a, a, a simple migraine variant that made my the whole right side of my body go white noise. Well, that's um, understandably upsetting. So I thought I was having a heart attack, but later I ended up at some hospital in Culver City, and this nurse who didn't speak hardly any English, mm-hmm. uh, who, when she was checking me in, turned around from the whiteboard and said, welcome to my world. <laughs> and, and I was, and I was like, please. she said, that you go poo-poo? <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, what? You go poo-poo? Did you go poo-poo? I did. Good, good for you. Thank God. Did you save it for them, or did uh, you? No, oh, okay. it was just it, she. It she was, wanted to know if you it, were poopoo. It was. It was, was terrible. I mean, the whole situation began to get scary, and then finally, Rachel, I'm like, Rachel, just go home, and then I'll figure this out in the morning. I tried to go to sleep. Middle of the night, some screaming patient because I didn't realize I had a shared room. Oh. Came came in and they went out and then someone came in to clean the room in the middle of the night because they didn't realize I was there. I mean, this sounds like and, it sounds like a horror movie that should only be oh. eighty two to ninety four minutes. That uh, <laughs> ah, where yes. you uh, you think you're checking into a hospital for a heart attack, yep. but it turns out you you don't you might be having a psychotic part break. of a psychological experiment. You might be dying somewhere. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, I ADA'd myself in the middle of the night. I took all my leads off. Walked out to the nurse's station. I was like, I'd here. like to go home. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the nurse was like, don't you think you should stay? <laughs> and I'm like, take this IV out of my arm. Right. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. And when you ADA yourself, uh, uh, they have to escort you out of the building. Mm-hmm. So this nurse escorted me to the curb. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm standing on the curb with a little bag. She's standing back up the stairs in the doorway going... You smoke? <laughs> and I turn around, what? You smoke? No. Okay, good. You drink? No. And then there's this silence. I'm waiting for an Uber driver. And she goes, don't go. I love you. What? I am not kidding you. You might have died. I might have died. What? This might hell? all be. This might all She's be. She's like, don't go. I love you. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. I just ne- I'm never going back to Culver City. That's weirdly, what's going on. It, weirdly is... carry, it, might, it might be some kind of strange Listen, like, horror movie aversion therapy. The point is anxiety attacks are real. They're real. <laughs> the hospital that he went to is not. This was clearly this was clearly a shelter island. Don't drink coffee after two p.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Those, I had it. Lucky for you, I had an anxiety attack on the last show that I did, and I was exhausted. I was uh, in every scene, and I just remember being. Um, 
being it's a, a series finale, the big scene, and uh, they're all right, we're rolling, and it hits me, and I'm like, thank God I knew my lines inside out, where I could, I, I was sort of faking it, but I'm like, they see the panic in my eyes. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna pass out. I, I, I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. And I go, hey, you know what, guys, I gotta go to the bathroom. And, and sometimes they say, or a lot of times, I think they say that you're not supposed to. You're supposed to stay there because if you leave, then anytime you have another panic attack, you're always thinking, oh, I have to do – there's some psychology to it. Oh, interesting. But like you should fight it. You should just be there and just breathe and get through it. But I, I, I couldn't. I go, I, I have to – I was trying to be funny. I was like, I got to take a crap. Mm-hmm. Got to take a crap. Rosie, Rosie, can, can this wait till after this take? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really got a crap. You start so crying. I go – And pooping. Dude, so finally they said, all right, just go ahead. We got a couple more things to work out. And I ran to my trailer and I ran in it and I, I, it was like I was a drug addict. I was ripping through my bag and looking in zippers for a Xanax anywhere, like going through my jackets and my costume. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this shit. And I was just like, finally I grabbed it and I took a quarter and I'm like, I waited like five, ten minutes, knock on my door. I was getting anxiety more than knocking on my door. I'm like, hey, I just need, I'm still in the bathroom, still taking that crap, man. And I was like terrified and it wouldn't kick in, so I took another half. Oh no! And I was like, "Oh my god, it's not working! It's not working!" <laughs> and by the time, I mean, I'm telling you, when you have a full-on panic attack, you know, you know, exhaustion. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because your body's in complete fight, fight or, or flight, flight, and you're the, you're, you're being flooded with fear chemicals. And you don't know if you should run or stay there or... I won't watch... I never have watched that final scene. Or, or rip your I didn't skin want to off your body? Because I knew I would notice. But 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 person. no one else would have. I, no, but it was not my best performance. In my eyes, I was just like... I was I was going through the motions. I was a robot. I wasn't feeling anything. I was yeah. just getting through the fucking scene. Yeah. It was terrifying. But I'm sure your skills as an actor... Yeah, fine. Cured, but cured, I'm just saying cured. I didn't like yeah. the feeling. Is what I'm no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know what's interesting is I've had panic... Well, I don't know if this is interesting at all, but I've had panic attacks... Like if I feel anxious or panicky before I do stand-up and something about performing makes it completely go away. I'm the same. And I, I don't know if it's because it gets out, I'm getting out of my head or my body is flooding itself with different chemicals or I'm not focused on me anymore. I'm focused on the show. I don't know. But it just like... It immediately cures it. What is it exactly you're thinking of when you say that? You're thinking of the show? You're thinking of your performance? No, when I get up on stage. Oh, right when you get up on stage, you have this panic Performing is away. like Adderall. Performing, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. for me too. It's like, it makes it, like, it totally go away. Yeah. Whereas I would think, like, oh, wouldn't, I, wouldn't you be more anxious in front of people? And it turns out, no, I, I actually get more comfortable. And I think because, maybe it's because I'm, I mean, like, like part of the anxiety corkscrew into darkness is that it just kind of feeds on itself and then you just you know you just rabbit hole down it just gets worse and worse and worse but but when you're engaged in things where you can't be in your own head then it then you can't do it then it's sort of like it takes the oxygen out of it a little bit but it's also learning how to fail well because okay with failing yes but your brain tells you i should run away and go dive under my bed but for me, what actually yeah. works is the opposite, which is actually weirdly being... And I'm not saying mm-hmm. this would work for everybody, but being around people or doing a show yeah. or... Get, staying connected. Staying connected. Yeah. Yeah, staying connected is yeah, incredibly I think helpful. Yeah, that's the, that's the instinct, obviously, that flight instinct is, is can, be, can be detrimental, right? Because 
that's we all three of us and and have had the same reaction but the thing that seems to help us is to talk about it or to ask for help or mm-hmm. to connect with somebody else about it because one of the thing when i when it was happening to me i i thought i th- i thought i was dying i thought if I if I make a big deal about this and I'm not dying, well then shame comes in and now now I'm hysterical or or inconveniencing other people. Something's wrong with Chris. Yeah, and and the idea of you know the stigma around mental illness or or any of those things, especially nowadays, makes it hard to talk about. Well, also the stigma around dudes talking about their feelings, and I feel right. like it's a lot less of a stigma than it used to be. Absolutely. Um, you know, but uh, so I was trying to think about how. I tried to write a bit about this and it didn't work. I tried it on stage once and it did, it worked. It so didn't work that I was like, oh, I don't think there's... Sometimes a bit you can kind of tell. Like, oh, there's a little something here. <laughs> but the idea was essentially that uh, it's that moment when two dudes hang out when you say goodbye. Dudes don't know what to do. <laughs> no matter how... You're calm? Oh, my God. No matter how, like, chill or casual. Oh, my God, we had the best time. There's always that... Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll you know it's that moment where you're like so I always kind of like yep. I was trying to like the tag I was trying over the bit was like it'd be cool if dudes could just kiss goodnight you're just like <laughs> you know what I mean because it would be like oh hey man good to you're see you're so right it's like dudes don't know how to hug they like they kind of create the space or they right. embrace or they like you know hardwood this is you're right here's what happens we'll be in this engaging conversation I just when you're saying this it's it's I'm dying inside because I'm like. You know, you're hanging out, like Sylvie and I are hanging out, we're doing our show, we're doing that, we're laughing, we're like, going, hey, buddy, yeah. all right, and you and I, are, we're at Gunn's house, and we're yeah. talking, we're having yeah. a great chat, and like, all of a sudden, even James, I noticed, does it. Like, James has a, a thing where, like, we have this really nice conversation, and then I go, all right, dude, all right. And you, there's just, like, like a just, weird right, moment, right, there's, like, a weird vacuum. The, what do like, you do? The air gets sucked yep. out for a second, it's like, I don't know how to close this, do we... Hug or kiss or say like how do we how do we walk away and it's the disengage and and I think we're just you know so a lot funny. of times not maybe it's just our generation not necessarily conditioned to share talk about our feelings be vulnerable I don't know what it is but I just wish people would be more maybe we just need to come up with a word or something <laughs> yeah. let's let's you know? come why don't we just imagine what it would be like if we just took what the if, time hand what if we just yelled you're special to me. <laughs> You're special. Don't go. I love you, Chris. All right, buddy. You're special to me. You're special to me. There's this funny Don't thing. Don't go. I, I love this you. This may not. This might not be funny. But SCTV. Oh my SCTV. God. Yes, of course. Hilarious. And there. What's his name? Who is? Oh, no. There's two women. Two. Uh, Andrea Martin. Probably yes. And there's Catherine O'Hara. There's, yeah. There's a scene where they're both shopping. And they're shopping all day, and they come back, and they go, oh, my God, that was so much fun. Oh, my God, it was just a blast. I had so much fun with you today. Oh, my God. And they go on and on. And one of them says, you know, we should do this tomorrow. And the girl goes, oh, my son's coming in town. And there's a long beat, and she says uncomfortably, am I your son? (laughs) That's just so stupid. I died, but it was so uncomfortable. But that's kind of what it's like saying goodbye to a dude. Am I your son? Okay, well I'm gonna go. Is that where you're like, is something supposed to happen? How do we how do we disconnect? Should we schedule something to happen next? How do we say goodbye? Like it's just that dudes don't know how to say goodbye to each other because when you're hanging out with a dude, it's a date. You're on a man date, basically. You're connecting. So how do you you know, how do you disengage from that? And I and I'm not hundred percent you know, I was just going for the hug. Yeah. I think it's okay to say like, "Hey, man, I love you." It was good to. It's good to see you. you well, know? here's what's funny. We throw out the love you, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Love you, buddy. Love you, bud. Always. Um, 
Have you ever thrown it at someone who's not expecting it? <laughs> oh, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> like, all right, talk to you later. <laughs> You're special to me. Whoa, take it easy, buddy. Come yeah. on now. Oh, take it easy. God, what do yeah. we, uh, Don't get all funny. Well, Come you know, on. <laughs> you know what happened? This my uh, So this happened uh, at the wellness center, too. She, uh, she goes, you know, I want you to start embracing discomfort. I want you to embrace being uncomfortable. I want you to when someone says something to you like you're good or you're, I love you are you turn off. You don't it's like you don't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, there's probably truth to that. So when someone says like, you're great, you go, "Oh yeah, thanks, thanks you too." And you I kind of just get out of the moment. She goes, "I want you it's not like you have to do this all the time because that would be pretty weird if like at the end of this interview hard work you're like, "All right, dude, and you're like, "Hey, man. I want to thank, you know, and it just gets yeah. real weird. Then it's yeah. weird. But she goes, I want you to embrace it. And funny enough, that night, my grandma FaceTimes me. And we're talking, and I'm, you know, she had just put my grandfather in a memory facility. We're all brokenhearted over it. And she goes, what are you doing? I go, oh, you know, I'm at this place. I wouldn't want to tell her what I'm doing. She you don't want her to worry. And finally, she's like, well, what is it? What is this place? And I go, you know, I'm just getting my mind, making my mind better. She goes, what's wrong with your mind? <laughs> and I go, nothing. I'm just, she goes, I want to tell you something. You're very special to me. And I go, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, love, I love you. I love you. I'll, uh, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow. She goes, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Listen to me for a second. You're a remarkable boy. I go, all right, look, I love you to death. I'm going to go. She goes, no, no, stop it. She was forcing you to take yeah, the, like, the moment. After I got that advice, which was weird. And she goes, I'm 91 years old. I have seen a lot of remarkable people in my life. Family. But you are the most remarkable boy I've ever known. And, dude, I just, I turned the fucking phone and bawled. Like, going, oh, my God. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is the moment. I'm trying to change. And I went, fuck it. And I just looked at the camera. And I go, look what you're making me do. And I tried. She goes, well, you should know these things. I love you. And it was just this What moment. if she was like, you know, now I'm a little it. turned off by this exchange. I didn't realize it was going to. You need to. I don't, oh I'm uncomfortable now. I'm, oh, I'm my God. Go. That would have buried me. Can you imagine my grandmother just says, oh, this is weird. Jesus, oh, Michael. I didn't realize. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting you? another call. Another call is coming I gotta, in. I got to go. I got to go. It's I my gotta... other remarkable grandson. <laughs> <laughs> my more remarkable grandson. But that's the thing. Like, so if you, if oh, you, never mind. If you decide to work on something, you're not just going to be granted the ability to do that. You're going to be presented with situations where you have to practice that shit. Like, if 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 you want if you if you want to practice patience, you're going to find yourself in traffic. You know what I mean? If you want to practice these things, it's no it's no surprise. But every that, situation has nine or ten lessons. Right. Depending on how right. you want, I mean, it is because that same that same traffic situation could, you know, it could teach you patience. Mm-hmm. It could teach you resourcefulness to right. get out of traffic. It could teach you how to, uh, you know, take time that you have to be alone with yourself to be more creative. Like there are so many different ways, right. and I think it's just about being able to see all the different possibilities. Because I think we, it's so often we expect to be led around by life or we expect for you know to get hit in the face with whatever we're supposed to see or do and sometimes it's like you have to look for it you have to create those situations for yourself and you have to actively pursue the you know like all the possibilities and perspectives Mm -hmm. without expecting them to happen at you how do you guys this is something i want to know yeah how do you guys deal with 
I don't know if you feel it anymore because it seems like I mean maybe you do. I don't know if you. Well, I'll just ask. So you, you ever like get that? Just that feeling like you're overwhelmed for that moment. That moment sure. where you're like you could feel it. It goes over your body. It's that numbness. It's like it's overwhelming. Do you need? To, do you take a step back or do you just go with that feeling? Or do you just go. Let's breathe. Let's take a step back. Let's sit down for a second. Let's meditate. We're fine. Do you, or you just uh, ignore it? Well, I think it depends. I, I don't know if there's one answer for every time. I think sometimes, I mean, the more it happens, the more you know that it's just a thing. You can boil it down to just being a physiological response. So you might, as Chris Sullivan said the last time he was on the podcast, you might ask yourself, have I been drinking water? Have I eaten? Am I going through a particularly stressful time? Like, There's a lot of conditional elements that you need to look at to see if it's the result of things that can be easily remedied by either getting your blood sugar up or sure. hydrating or right, whatever sure. it is. Or, um, you know, if you feel like you're in full panic, it's getting the tools to, number one, take a deep breath and slow your breathing down, mm-hmm. knowing that if you can change, if you can change the, uh, your, your body's physiology, mm-hmm. that, you, that that will have an effect on your mind yeah. as well might be calling someone it might be crying it might be getting it out like so i just i think it depends on the kind of overwhelm but no matter what it is having the faith to know it will go away it will go away that it it has never lasted forever nor will it last forever Mm -hmm. nor will it kill you and just knowing like this is a thing that happens sometimes you know yeah you know what works works for me too sometimes i will this another great some great advice to me was michael When's the last time you had a physical? And I go, well, I had a physical right before I came here. We did blood work. Okay, did they check your heart? I go, yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a, you know, they checked my heart inside out, my lungs. Everything's really good. They're like, okay, so next time you have anxiety or overwhelmed, I want you to take first think, I'm really healthy. Right. I'm a healthy person. Mm-hmm. I'm not having a heart attack. I'm not having these things. I know what this is. To know that you're actually innately, everything's working the way it should and that this is anxiety or whatever this is there's something reassuring or comfortable about just letting yourself know like hey this is okay yeah mm-hmm. like you know, they even said something like name this name this anxiety name your anxiety mm-hmm. call it something so i called yeah. it mosley this p- kid who picked on me in eighth grade. <laughs> and i was like mosley get in the fucking back seat mosley yep. you know yeah, but- yeah when i quit drinking a couple years ago I finally started having feelings mm-hmm. or at least being able to identify feelings. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the game now, right? So stuff pops up and I, my job now, my game that I play with myself is to identify the feeling as quickly as possible and to call it out, to say it out loud to someone. Like, Give me an example. Like um, the other day, Rachel and I were getting ready for an event. No big deal. wasn't a big event, but I was in a place of panic and I was trying to get the one of my shirt sleeve buttons cuffed, mm. and I thought I was going to put my fist through a wall. I couldn't get it. And, and finally, I just turned to Rachel and I said, Rachel, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm about to lose my mind, and I need you to button this button. <laughs> and this has become like the interaction now that I, I'm able to, to uh, uh, call out my emotions, and she can check in with me and be like, okay. What what can I do to help you? Uh, and I can call out a couple of things. She's able to help me with those things. Um, and always coming back to my breath, right? So the your your meditation practice, like always coming back to my breath. A, t- a teacher taught me a long time ago. They they said 
we all know that the brain can only have one thought at a time. One thought at a time. And a deep breath is an unnatural act. That's why it's a cliche. Take a deep breath. Because if you are taking a deep breath, you are focusing on breathing. You don't breathe deeply all the time. And you you cannot simultaneously relax and have a panic attack. Exactly. And so coming back to my breath has been like a huge... it's it seems so simple. It seems so simple, but I went I went and it was one of the things um, we haven't talked about this actually. I went I went about a year ago and did an ayahuasca ceremony, and it was save like save this for the podcast. Let's not give this away. <laughs> on Hardwick's show. I don't want to give him that. No, I'm Chris, you're a guest. You can say Chris, but you're it was, a guest. But it was the number one lesson from from that night was that everything is fine if I come back to my breath. Mm-hmm. Nothing can go wrong if I come back to my breath, and, and it was this kind of meditation overarching of the of the evening. And that's I, I thought mean, you were going to say when you call it out, like in the middle of nowhere, you're just in the middle of a bunch of people. You're like murder, <laughs> kill someone. God, that felt so good. Oh wow! I used my breath. To I've I've done it on set before at like at Video Village, sitting in chairs. God, I am feeling. A lot of uh, of uh, anxiety right now, and just say it to you like said that. Be yeah, like, okay. So the people are, get you people around me, and they're like frosty. Or? And it, and and w- one time I said it, and Chris Chrissy was like, "Me too. What what is what's going on today? What that's different here?" And and we just got into a conversation about it, and in about three minutes, it was all gone. No I said that anxiety. to my assistant. I went downstairs one time. This was right before I went to the wellness center. I said. <laughs> I walked downstairs, and it was just a morning like any other morning. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and she goes, morning. I go, good morning. And I looked in, and I go, um, I think I'm depressed. <laughs> she goes, okay, um, do you want me to call Dr. Krausman? And I go, no, I'm going to think about what to do. But uh, I'm going to be okay. I just wanted to say it. She goes, okay, if I could do anything, I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that her walking down the stairs? Was that like her voice getting further and further like, away? Oh my god! Well, I, 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 you know, one of the things that Lydia and I are able to do with each other is, you know, if one of us is feeling anxious, is sort of remind the other person circumstantially what might be going on. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Lydia is so sweet and adorable because she'll, if she's feeling extra anxious about something, I'll go, well, you know, is it possible? It's because you had an audition today that you were really stressed about, so you didn't. You haven't really slept for the last two days because you've been worrying about all the other things you have to do. So you haven't been sleeping, you haven't been able to exercise, and you haven't been able, you haven't been eating well, and you know, like, and so you're not nourishing your body. So is it because of all these circumstances? And then she'll just pause and go, "No, I don't think that's it at all." <laughs> and it's just sort of like that's the sort of the way. That yeah. you can with Mirror your, with your back partner to each other. Yeah. just sort of you know like be a helpful sounding board right. and she I mean and she does that way more with me too but it it's still um, it's still having those moments where someone else that you love and trust can say like whatever you even though you feel like this is the realest thing you've ever experienced here's some other things that are going on that might have put you in a vulnerable state i'm not saying it's not happening i'm not i'm not discounting your feelings i'm right. just saying here's a perspective here are some things that might be contributing to it right. that might help you realize that it might not be as right, right. real as you feel like it is right now yeah. even just sort of having that conversation and being yeah i, I said something it. to you i i said i said uh <laughs> 
I go, hey, you doing? I go, you got to be overwhelmed now. You're, you're nominated for an Emmy. You got all this press. You're doing the show. You're doing the podcast. You're doing all these things. He's like, yeah, dude. I'm like, you know, there was a moment where you were just definitely like amped up. And I go, hey, I go, have you you been meditating? And you just go, no, <laughs> no, I should probably do that. Yeah. But yeah. it's just a little thing. Well, because th- that's how easy things, these habits, if they're not, if you, if you, if you don't do them every single day and get them ingrained, they slip away. They just slide yeah, away. The good news, though, is because some people, sometimes people can become very all or nothing. And when they fall off the wagon on something, they're just like, fuck it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. it forever. And yeah. it's like, you know what? It, you Even if you fall off the meditation wagon for a month or two months or whatever, you can start it right back up yeah. again. Like it's just and it's always right there. And I think I'm. I think I am a. After all my therapy and all of these things, and the, one of the core issues is that I'm addicted to anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm addicted to the feeling of anxiety it because make, it's something to manage. It's something to deal with. It makes me feel important. It makes me feel exhilarated. And it's also it part makes of me your feel. It's also part of my ritual. If I don't, if I'm, not, if I'm not feeling anxiety, then I must not be busy enough, or I must not be trying hard enough. Right. Or I, I don't know how you like. I, I just saw that video on Instagram of your band, the white, the spouse, Joseph the spouse, Joseph the spouse. Yeah. I always fuck that name because it's a hard name, but it's a great. Name. <laughs> but like, I saw you, and I'm like, because I've seen you live. If you haven't seen them live, holy shit! I'm like, and I think of you. I'm like, God, I look at your performance, and this is us, and all the movies and shows, and then this. I'm like. How does this guy even have anxiety? He's so confident up there. I am shitting my pants when I'm doing certain things. And I'm looking at you, and I'm like, God, it makes me feel better knowing that even you get anxiety. Even you, you've had anxiety. Well, of course, because even, I mean, you know, there's the anxiety that comes from bad things. There's the anxiety that comes from invented things. And there's the anxiety that comes from, for lack of a better term, good things. New things. New things. Like, more things are things. Whether they're good or bad, whether it's being nominated for an Emmy or whether it's like someone hit my car, whether yeah. it's a, a, someone that you care about who's sick in the hospital, like it all is more like the more things that you have to process and right. deal with, the more it piles on. And I had dinner with a friend of mine the other night who's um, he's a showrunner and a producer and he's doing really well. And he said he said something that was so insightful to me, which was, he said, yeah, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to like build my empire. And he said, when I really took a step back and looked at it, he was like. I don't want that because I mm. really just love being on a show. Like one, I love focusing mm-hmm. on one thing for a handful of years and just getting as far into that thing as possible. And I just didn't think it would be healthy for me or my family to take on. And I thought that is insane in, in a good way yeah. that he had the perspective when our business and our egos condition us that bigger is always better and more is always better that he somehow was like, yeah, you know that's mature it that's is because smart. at a certain point it's like how much do you need how much money how much yeah. stuff how yeah. many things how much attention you know because it, it, it <clears throat> there are diminishing returns at a certain point and then it's oh yeah it's not going to fill the emptiness well, you yeah. have to do that it's like parsons to- from um big bang theory and uh you know i was talking to sean Aston, you know goonies and everything yeah, yeah that guy yeah and we were just talking and he was like you know there was a conversation in the car and it's like yeah he walked away from me he wanted to step down because you know he's making a million dollars an episode and when he turned it down that means that the rest of them who wanted to do it you know couldn't do it now so like i'm like what do you mean so he didn't want to do it so if, if he bails out because he's you know obviously it's an ensemble but he's got mm-hmm. you know he's a yeah. i mean he says all of the his anyway so i just felt like the conversation was I was he left because he 
he wanted to leave for some reason, whatever it was personal. Because your story made me think about that. Mm-hmm. And some of the people in the car were saying, "Well, you know, but all those other people, you know, they they had to walk away from all that money because he didn't want to stick around." Yeah. So what a burden that is, or like to know that all these people will not be working if you. Yeah. And but that's but my point of this whole boring story. What I'm saying is that it's not his responsibility. To be in charge of their destiny, or well, their... also to be fair, they also made a shit ton of money. That's too. what I said. <laughs> they're a million billionaires, but it's not like you know the crew's going. They're not going to work. They've been working. It's at some point you have to say, hey, um, for whatever personal reasons, I've decided this, and you can't worry about what everybody else thinks. And yeah. oh my god, just do it another two years, and we'll make more money. There comes a point where it's like you have to respect someone's decision. Well, it's you have to. You really have to do things that are healthy for you. And you really have to do things that, and sometimes that does mean stepping away from things that, that it seems like, wow, this is crazy. Why wouldn't you want all that? You know, like, why wouldn't this producer want, you know, like a, a bad robot style empire? Right. It's like, well, probably because you'd never sleep if you're the type of person that obsesses on every detail, which is part of how yes. people build these uh, types of things. You're going to kill yourself. That you, Yet you'll have an early heart attack. You'll have a stroke. You'll make everyone around you miserable. You yeah, won't be happy. Yeah. You won't, you'll build it, but you certainly won't enjoy it. It doesn't matter how much money you're making because you won't be able to enjoy it because you'll just be obsessed with the, you know, and to, mm. for someone to recognize that about themselves and just say like, you know what? That's not, like, that's not where happiness lies. Happiness lies in the being comfortable with yourself, being happy with who you are, having a, you know, good friend connections around you, having a partner you love and respect, having like that's where the 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 meat of yes. life is and not not to say that, yeah. you know, I mean obviously, you know, we're all talking from very privileged places. We sure. have, you know, we have the the money that we need to live and survive and that's and and, and a lot of people don't even have that. Right. And so it's but it's just in kind of reminding people like more things aren't going to fix you more more of anything isn't going to material make your things life. are not going to no it's, the, it's really the people and the you know it, it is that dem, it is that fucking it's a wonderful life mm-hmm. you know yeah. like oh it's all the well I, I left you know I, I've talked to you about this but I left small about the end of season seven and everybody's like why'd you leave why'd you leave I go well my deal was for six years and I did seven yeah and um, they offered me three more to finish the series and. I just thought the story was told, and I just wanted to do other things. I, and I just I couldn't do it anymore. I yep. just couldn't do that anymore for seven years, ten mm-hmm. months a year. And I just I for me it was just a personal health kind of you know I was having back issues and stuff. And I was just like, my health is more important. It's mm-hmm. just more important. I can make a living and I can get by, and I'm just going to do this. And I remember uh, the 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 president of Warner Brothers sat with me. Well, let's just say a higher executive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bugs Bunny. The, the, the Bugs Bunny. It was uh, the he, Bugs he Bunny. He said, you know. Hey, Doc, why didn't you? He goes, before you, he goes, well, that was pretty good. He goes, before you do this, before you do this, I want you to think of uh, Margulies' career and what happened to her. What? That's what he said to me on my on my deathbed. Um, may I drop dead? He said, before you you know you turn down this these last three years, I want you to just remember what happened to Juliet Margulies, her career. Of course, then. Oh, Juliana Margulies. Yeah, Juliana Margulies. When she left the ER. Uh, ER. Right. But so then he, had another smash hit well, that, show. But that's what I'm saying. See, he, he said, I looked at him. I go, well, I just uh, I'm I'm just banking on my talent and my gut, and I, I wasn't a dick about it, but I was like, wow. Right. And then, you know, 
she's got the biggest career ever yeah. now. It's even bigger. Yeah. Than, but it's just like you don't – and it's hard because in our business or anybody's business, when people are handing you money and going, let's – and you're like – sometimes it gets convoluted. You start mm-hmm. to think, I want to make my agent happy. I want to make this person – and you yeah. can have any job in the world. And if you're at that job and you're just not happy and you have the ability to take another job that will – you know, save your sanity. Yeah, there's. I you have know. to. You have to be really intentional about what you're working for. Intentional right. is a good is a good yeah. word because yeah. again, it. You know, I used to plan my years around my calendar years around work stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now with Lydia, I've realized like I would rather plan my year around going away with her and spending yeah. time with her, and then yeah. seeing if I can fit the work stuff in around that, which. Yeah. You know, is because I There's, time moves so fast. so fast. One two years can go by before you even realize what's happened. And if you're not, you know, if you're not nurturing your personal relationships, be it your significant other, your friends, your family, whatever, you know, that stuff doesn't just tend to itself. Yeah. You know, and it's you. You need to feed each other and yeah. and be there for each other. And you know, and if you value yourself then other people will value you. you. You will only be valued as much as you value yourself. So, right. so if, if you are willing to do whatever the network wants, whatever the executive wants, they know You're a that, you, that, that you don't have a, a high value placed on yourself. And the power of no, the power of saying no, or the power of saying, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, I've got this two-week vacation with my wife, mm-hmm. and, and I can't. And I never mind. I, I don't want to move it right? Um, right. because it means a lot to us. How, only now, I mean, in my life, I've certainly walked away from things. But now people are like, uh, okay, we'll make, we'll make it work. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. It's never as yeah. dire as yeah. as oh. people make things out to be because they just want to solve it quickly. Well, let's just do that. Well, no, I really can't. Well, this is going to be disastrous if you don't. Well, then I guess it'll be disastrous. Uh, yeah. And then you do it and it's like, oh, it worked out. They can actually do it after you get back. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And they try to say, this is going to be gone by tomorrow. Yeah. This is going to be gone by tomorrow. This, this offer is <laughs> it, go right gone now. tomorrow. We need you now. I'm like, why? Why? who in their right mind would want me to make a decision at 8 yeah. o'clock at night for a – Yeah. It's, it is crazy. And by the way, when you're young and you're naive and you're like, oh, what do I – and everybody's yeah. telling you, Michael, what are you doing next? And your agents are like, hey, this is a job. This is your opportunity. It's never going to strike again. Your business manager, you could use a little money. Or you, gotta... you start to go, oh, I guess uh, I should just do what you guys want to do. Thank you, Richard Nixon and Benicio Del Toro. Hey, I don't know if I want to eat. What do you going to do? Flippy for real. You did these two it very was, yeah. different. The first one was like the first one was Nixon. The first one was definitely yeah, some, some. I heard it. Some oh, kind of Nixon was some kind of Nixon. But I, but I'm I'm glad that you are doing the podcast that you're doing. I'm glad that you're taking this journey together, and I'm glad that you're celebrating. You know, like uplifting friendships and, you know, finding gratitude and, you know, just all that stuff. I mean, you know, I think as people get older, they do start to sound a little crazier for two reasons. Number one, you tend to care less what people think as you get older. And then also, too, you realize that these types of things do take effort. Right. And so sometimes when younger people hear you go like, yeah, text each other gratitude. Look at these yeah. old fucking geese. It's like, and, yeah, this you got to do. And, and here's the thing. It's, it's, not, it's not even necessarily about being positive all the time, being happy all the time. It's not possible. Yeah. But there is always 
something to be grateful for. Definitely. And when things, especially when things are, are, are going wrong, or especially when anxiety is high, or especially when, when you're feeling lonely or, or like you've lost out on something. And so the, the idea is it's, it's a practice. It is a gratitude practice so that when these moments arise, we have, we have these tools in place to help kind of combat anything that might set us off the, the, the rails. And it's also relatability. I think it's like, you know, they can relate to the married guy. They can relate. Some guys can relate to the single guy. Some guys can relate to our, you mean Johnny uh, Silverman? (laughs) <laughs> but you Not also, that show. You, also you also have expressed that you don't want to be single. Like that you that you would like to have a, a, fa- a family. Yeah. Yeah, you would, yeah. yeah. But you but the thing you're talking about a friend of mine refers to it as like making deposits, making daily deposits. So you're like you're making deposits into an account whether it's fitness deposits or nutritional deposits or emotionally yeah. health or healthy deposits or meditation deposits. Yeah. So that when you do, when when you are challenged, when you are called upon, you have this this essentially the savings account that you can pull from to get you through, yeah. you know, the the lean whatever that time is, right. you know. Right. So it's it, it is important to for people to remind that, and somebody will sort of solve what dudes are supposed to do at the end of a hangout. Can we just come up with an award? You're, you're special to me. Can you're special do- to me. I kind of like that. I you're like special that. to me. You're special to me. Yeah, and then that's it. That's sort of the release word, and it's cool. Then you don't have to feel awkward about it. You don't have to feel like, was I supposed to say something? Did it get weird? Because I have had those – you do have those moments sometimes with other dudes where it just sort of like something weird happens at the end, the last two seconds, and you're like, did I do – did something weird happen? Was I weird? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I started something that was – it just – I like your – your special to me is better than what I came up with, and and that was – like at the end of the night, people are at my house and we're watching. I just go, "All right, get the fuck out!" <laughs> and everybody would kind of sort of laugh and go. And that was just kind of the, "All right, get the fuck out." All right. Well, there's an honesty to that. Yeah, there's yeah. an honesty it's to that, really but you know, we don't have to swear. We've, we've, we're done hanging out. No, That's I like it. you're special to me. The end. Can the this three of us the... at least do that? When we're together. Hey, you're special to me. You're special to me. Why not? I fucking app a thousand percent. Let's do it. The three of us will start that. You're special right, to me. Great. You're Hashtag special. you're special to me. That's how a dude Hashtag leaves another dude. And you so, are special. <laughs> special What's the name of your me. podcast for people? And In love with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan. I love. And it's you on said Monday. It's <laughs> inadvertently, and it's Mondays. Um, and it's uh, Apple Podcasts and um, uh, Spotify. When does yeah, our episode? When does our episode go up? You don't have to answer that because sometimes you don't know. Like we are, don't know. Soon. soon, soon, it, it goes definitely up soon. is yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one of our favorites. Well, we—it's we, really good. It's just like we had such a great time, and, and Lydia's so open too. She's the I didn't best. know her, and it was just—it was so. Cool. I mean, I'd met her, but like you know, it was she opened up. Yeah, she did. I mean, she's the amazing thing about Lydia. One of the many things that I respect about her is that she and she and she said to me when we were dating, she was like, "Look, I will always tell you what I'm thinking." And I won't. And and I guess I guess I'm maybe it's because the business has trained me to sort of be this way. But I'm always looking to sort of like what's the subtext right. and what does this mean right. and why did this person say this? Like right. I'm trying to understand yeah. to try to better acclimate to the situation. And it got us into problems early on because she was like, I'm not. I'm saying exact. I'm saying exactly what I mean. You want to know why? Because I used to do wow. the same thing. And you want to know why I used to think that way about people because that's how I thought about people or that's the way I was right. Like I would say things that were not true or that, that 
that were inauthentic or <laughs> or <laughs> or or uh uh He's, he was is trying it, to, he was is trying it not to, the right one? He was trying to plug a USB-C cable into <laughs> a lightning port. It's I fine. Know. So I, I used to do that. I used to not really be speaking what was truly on my mind. Yeah. I used to be slightly inauthentic. I used to be these things. So I also assumed that the people around me were doing the same thing. Yeah. And as soon as I stopped doing that, I stopped worrying about whether or not other people were doing that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, it, and it's... In her case, she said, like, look, even to my detriment, sometimes I will tell people exactly what I think about something if they ask me, because I don't know how to be any other way. Why would you be any other way than straight, straightforward? Smart lady. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's healthy, you know? That is a smart woman. Hey, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> I just, hey. this is one thing. Hey, hey everybody. Hey, Gary. Gary, I just gotta know how you, how you say goodnight to this. I am special. You're special. Hey, to check me. out the kid in the sombrero. Here's a ground bottle safe. Throw over here. You ever open a box of Cracker Jacks? This has got to be the most asinine thing. You open a box and there's no prize. Ladies and gentlemen, Man of a Thousand Voices, Michael Rosenbaum, coming to the stage. Um, how do you deal with this? Because this is with you get tons of emails every day, and I don't mean to not respond to certain people, but like I have friends that I like I don't see all the time. It's like almost like there's. There's your close, close friends, and then there's your friends, and there's your friend, the people that you kind of hang out with those friends, mm -hmm. and then there's all the, and you probably have so many more than me, and it's friends? just, well, just in general, <laughs> that's not true. But it's almost like, I feel like I have to respond to everybody right away. One of my friends says, hey, I don't get to see you a lot, but I miss you, and my response was, hey, I'm just at a place in my life where I'm just really working on myself, mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to be the best person I could be and get healthy and, and just, you know, and I got a lot of work, and I, I know you understand. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because that's you being honest, and yeah. you, you know, like it's 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 you. It I I would say that's a perfect response. You do you know? have an email time? Do you say, "Hey, I'm gonna do emails from eleven to one, and then I'm done till the evening"? Or <laughs> boy, I or, should, but or I don't. you just do it all day? Do you just I just do it all day? I, I, I'll tell you this: I do not look in my emails unless I am prepared to answer the emails. That's a great way to do it. I never thought about doing it that way. Whoa! Because. What will happen? Special man. <laughs> what will happen is what, what happens. Text messages too, because I'll look at them, read them, and go, "Hey, back to that person." Three weeks later, I'm laying in bed and I think of, "Oh, it's the worst." Oh my god, I never, I never wrote back to that. I person. never wrote yeah. back to that person. But with the things you're talking about, it, it, conservation, your energies are valuable. Your energy is gold, and which is why, as we get older, we we don't spend our energies on as many different people. And there are still people who want some of it. Who want who want to be who want to have your time Mommy. who want who want, <laughs> Dad. Who, who want those things and it's oh, and it's okay for you to be like I have limited energies and I need to save at least twenty five percent of my leftover energies for yeah. Rachel yep. yeah and so let's I work backwards it. from there on who who gets the rest of my time and energy. you know what I do though this really helps me this is one of the things that I've learned and I talked to you in the beginning about meditating I wake up. I immediately get out of bed. I drink the water. I say I love you. I go back. I meditate for 25 minutes. I go walk the dogs, take them out, clean the backyard of all the crap in the backyard. I come in. I make them breakfast. I make myself breakfast. I sit down, and I look at my emails. 
Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's routine. I cannot, I will not look at my phone when I wake up and I will turn my phone off by 10 o'clock. I mean, it, it is, you know, it, it is generally not advisable to read emails first thing in the morning. I admittedly do not follow that, but you really should have time to yourself first. I just have to, you. I think. Well, when I, when I, when I do TM, I usually do it like right when I wake up. Yeah. Um, but I almost immediately, I have a morning ritual now where I go have breakfast and then I, I write every morning nice. at breakfast. Are you, writing, are you writing comedy? I'm, yeah, I'm writing stand up. Are you I'm, writing comedy? I'm writing the comedy. I'm making with the skits and the bits. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm either like working on my set or tweaking old jokes or trying to find new angles on thing and just, and, and just give it. Give it a little bit of attention every. Do you email every day. while you're doing that? Do you multitask on that, or are you just, just focused on that one task at hand? You know what's great about my email is that it is so meticulously pre-sorted in Gmail that. What do you I, mean pre-sorted? I mean like I've created family, close friends. Well, friends, I've created business. I've, like there's a lot of sorting rules, and so like if I have emails in the morning, it's my main the main part of my prioritized inbox. It's very few will come through and the rest kind of get sorted, you know, for, you know, all the spam stuff goes into one folder and all the stuff related to one work thing goes into this folder and it goes into the other one goes into this. And so then it, then it, it doesn't, I'm like Lydia, Lydia's email is not sorted at all. This is one of the funny <laughs> parts about where I give it's her shit because <laughs> it, it is because she, you know, how like I can't even stand to see like a, I can't stand to see little red circles in the corner of nope. apps drives no, me nuts. Not either. one. Lydia's is like a straight fucking line across the screen. It's just like thousands of emails she hasn't read, but all of her emails are coming into the same box. So it's uh-huh. like spam. It's like yeah. tons of spam, tons of everything. And it just gives me heart palpitations. Yeah. Look at it. Doesn't bother her at all. She's like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Do you have folders like I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that beach, birthdays, Blanche the dog, Blanche the grandma, <laughs> charity. Welcome to the Christmas. ID10T Wait, Christmas. podcast. Wait, yeah, yeah. We're Christmas, now looking Christmas morning, New Year's Michael cabin, Rosenbaum's, Secret Santa, Secret Santa, another stuff. Uh, folder selection in his emails. <laughs> and then I have all the doctors there. It's there all the folders. Are literally hundreds of them. Do you want to talk about Blanche what? Ladies, he's single. <laughs> and boring. <laughs> Ladies, if you want to be bored, head over to Michael Rosenbaum's way. I don't believe in multitasking it does exist it's just not great it's terrible I, I, when i do no, when i we're terrible we're guys when guys i multitask, multitask. I, I mean even Ra- rachel likes to multitask too and she'll, she'll admit how about i do how about i could do one thing really well or three things half-assed mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know multitasking seems like 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 torture. It's that Ron Swanson's thing. You should full ass one thing. Full ass one thing. Yeah, you should full ass. Yeah, my attention span. I'm on ADD medication too, and it does help. It helps me get shit done. Like I could read stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I can read. So read. I could read things. And no, but it does help me. But um, it's still. You know, I get distracted still on it. I do get distracted. It helps me, but I do still get It's distracted. also helpful to know, to understand, like, what your parameters are, like, what your optimal um, creativity flow parameters are. Like, if you know that you're going to get distracted after, like, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. then you give yourself that focus 15 minutes and you allow yourself right. the time to get distracted after 15 minutes or whatever it is. You, If you time 
you know, if you just kind of go through your day with all your activities, especially like your creative or writing or whatever you're doing, if you just sort of time each thing and sort of figure out like, you know, for a week or two, how long you'll probably have an average of about how long you start to get distracted. And if you know that, then you can sort of plan around that and give yourself the forgiveness of, I'm going to be super productive from this time to this time. I know I'm going to get distracted. I'll allow that to happen, but I know that I'll come back and do, you know, if you kind of understand that a little bit more, sometimes rather than trying to force yourself to conform to whatever you Mm. think you should be doing, Mm. working with whatever your natural rhythms are. Being malleable. Yeah, being malleable, but being free enough to... It's good. It's good to remember that we make the, our own rules. Yeah, like you, you don't. Have to, do. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. But it, but so it, it upsets not, me. Yeah. It upsets me when I go. Okay, you are going to write music from two to three, and then it's like two, and I'm like, so you put ten. I'm like, oh my. You've God. put this rule on yourself, and then you just shit on yourself for breaking the rule that you made up. That is not real. Well, what if I just do this? What if I say, you know what? At two o'clock, or. Between 2 and 2 and 15, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are going to leave the room with your guitar and a pad of paper. And you're going to go downstairs. And let's just give yourself 15 minutes on a timer. Well, wait. Here. Hang on. Just keep, keep Okay. So what happens then in the 15 minutes? Um, well, hopefully I focus and start playing music. And You came in earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. You told me to give you a... a... I'm going to give myself time. take god that was great yeah if anyone's still listening i hope so thanks you guys guys are special you're special to me you're special to me malleable fantastic what a great ending yeah smart (laughs) that's good (laughs) katie you're also special to me I only had three sips of an energy drink. I can't drink those things because they make my fart stink. <laughs> <laughs> if I keep doing it, my poop will be pink. Get off the subject of poop. Get off the subject of poop. Ooh. No more talking about farts and talking about logs. Why are you reveling in Twitch? And that's also your dog. What happened to that? Weekdays at weekdays. I love it. Are you syndicated? That show's gonna get syndicated. I hope so. Enjoy burrito. Yeah. 
ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.